the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham on a bright, cheerful Monday morning. And every Monday, we continue to stream live on the ESPN app. You guys on SiriusXM. Channel 371, there's an assortment of other radio stations as well. Number for the show, 844-SAY-ACCN. We have a stranger amongst us. We'll get to that in a second. Fuller's back here making sure that Drew Carter passes the sniff test. Chester sound asleep on the Roger Goodell chair on the Commissioner Phillips rug. Captain Ron, Robert, Otto's back in the Christmas decoration room. We're all good to go. Drew Carter, what's up, man? Welcome to the basement. If anyone's watching this, uh, please send help. I woke up in this man's basement. Um, I don't know who he is or where I am or what he plans to do to me. So, uh, yeah, need some need some help. You got it, man. Yeah. Welcome. Seriously. Thank you. Wes Thank is on you. assignment, chilling and grilling. So you're going to make your debut. You've already made the official signature on the right. ESPN ACC network sign. So it's now good. The dogs have uh, sniffed you around. Yeah. You passed the test. So you're good to go for the next couple hours. Yeah, I'm not allergic to dogs. Thank God. I'm glad you said that because yeah. yesterday when I called you, I said I was just going to ask you because uh, Matt Schick co-hosted one time filling in for Wes, and he didn't tell me that he was allergic to dogs. So Matt comes in here, he sits down, he's kind of sweating a yeah. little bit, and I'm thinking, right. well, you know, do I need to turn down the air? No, Pac, I'm good, I'm good. And I'm thinking, well, the guy can't be nervous. The guy's a trained professional. Right, yeah. And I find out later he was allergic to dogs. And I said, Matt, you should have told me I'd have taken Chester and Fuller and taken them upstairs. Pack, I didn't want to do it. I said, nah, man, next time you're here, the dogs will go upstairs. Ironically, the funny thing about Chick is about a month later, his family said, hey, we're going to get a dog, Dad. And so maybe that was the perfect break-in for Matt run. Chick. Yeah, yeah. It was a, tr- a trial run yeah. for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, welcome, man. Well, so tell everybody, in you. case of people jumping on, going, where'd Wes go? <laughs> He'll be back. But tell folks yeah. about yourself a little bit. All right. So I live in beautiful Hartford, Connecticut. Not, uh, not the sketchy part, right? Not Well, I mean, it all is, frankly. <laughs> so uh, I live in Hartford. I do some play-by-play for ESPN and ACC Network. I uh, did the spring game for Louisville and Syracuse this past weekend. I was in Virginia a couple of days ago to do some lacrosse. So I call games for ESPN, ACC Network, do some studio stuff as well when they let me. I don't know how this happened. I mean, Aaron Katzman must have hit up like 12 people, and he was just going down the roster and do you eventually know the, Do got you know the number? Name. Because we do have a bet. We don't know the, the answer. Over-under. Because none of us get a chance to talk to the true executives. <laughs> but we had an over and under how deep they had to go to find a I host. Know. It, they were going. You think like it's double digits? Mariana Trench deep on the roster to, to find my name. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, think about it. Like Dallin must have said no. Jordan must have said no. Emac is coming in later in That's the show. That's true. He must have said no to the full three hours. Like we must have a lot of people allergic to dogs or who just didn't want to hang out with you for three hours. No, it's and, actually and it's it me. There. The dogs they like. It's me. That's the problem. Yeah. Right. Well, that, that makes sense. But we at least got your signature, so you're good to go. Yeah, and I, I put a little go, go orange up there. I think That's I'm up. the first one. With Go Orange. Uh, that would be accurate. I think that Jordan Cornette put a Go Irish on there, which is fine. Yeah. Again, it's, it doesn't matter to me what you write up on there. But, yeah, I think right. you're the first to put the Go Orange up there. I see a Go Tigers from Kelly Gramlich. Yeah, Kelly Gramlich, and, of course, she's going to put the pom-poms out. She's good uh, eventually, go eventually you'll have every ACC school represented. But a niche with no orange pride. No. You didn't even bother with a Go Orange. No, there, uh, yeah, there's the sign. And they got uh, Jim Phillips, the commissioner, going a little Go ACC at the bottom. Right. He's like uh, a smart guy. Covers yeah. all 15 institutions. He's like Rob Lowe with the NFL hat yeah, in yeah, the stands. Yeah, yeah. There it is. So everybody who walks in and makes their debut uh, gets a chance to put their name on the uh, 
Signature. So, yeah, if you're counting at home, that's like, what, 17 signatures? Yeah, so like that, yeah. that, that's probably a good place to start if you're placing bets on how far down the roster they went to find me. Yeah, well, you're going to make it, my man. You're going to well, be good to go here. I hope so. I haven't done talk radio since college. so. Well, we haven't either. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's not, never stopped us at any point in time. We just keep talking to them. They say, hey, the show ends on six minutes, boys. Y'all wrap it up and let's right. get out of here. Right. Yeah, you were saying that Wes is a little little more structured. Wes right? is very structured. I, I promise that's not the case with me. Well, I can guarantee you that it's not with me. So this thing will be <laughs> yeah. off the rails in about, I don't know, 35 seconds. We'll be good to go. I don't think we were ever on the rails. I mean, <laughs> we didn't even start at the station. Well, we the fact that you're in sketchy rail. Hartford, apparently, I mean, you never had a chance to get on the rails. All right, let's get into the weekend that was. First things first, we got a little business to take care of. Uh, some of you might have watched the Masters over the weekend. And, of course, last week we did our traditional Masters uh, poll here. And how it works is you pick one ACC player and one non-ACC player. And uh, then you add up the scores. Of course, the object is to have both gentlemen make the cut. If you miss the cut, you're out. And uh, the brilliant minds that uh, are a part of this show, which would include the two hosts and the two folks running the show behind the scenes, uh, known as Ives and Drew Brooks, we made our picks, and here they are. Uh, I went with Stuart Sink. He missed the cut, but I tell you what, he looked good on 16, yeah. making the ace. Well, Pac, I, I got to be honest. I obviously wasn't involved in this. I think it's a bad rule that you can't win if your guy misses the cut. Now, if you I miss mean, the cut, you're out. But. Dude, you drilled it with Cam Smith. You should win. Yeah, but I only picked Cam Smith because I wanted to make sure Drew Brooks did. Drew Brooks <laughs> wanted Cam Smith. I wasn't going to go there. Brooks. I just picked it just to bother Drew Brooks. <laughs> so I felt like I won before the tournament ever got. I felt like Brian Ives a week ago going, doesn't matter if Carolina didn't win. We beat Duke, man. So I already got what I wanted. So I kind of got what I wanted with Cam Smith. And yeah. so that was it. So as soon as Stuart Sink missed the cut, even though he made ace, all in one on 16. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, Wes went with the consistent picks of Webb Simpson and Victor Hovland. So Wes made the cut with both guys, even though he finished plus 10. Yeah. That turned out to be the winning total, so Wes gets the green jacket for the first time. Drew Brooks had the best combination. He went Brooks, Kepka, Florida State guy, yeah. and John Rahm. I mean, He must have been feeling so good. Had to feel in. good, yeah. right? I mean, that was right. a solid pick, but Brooks, Kepka hit it like I do, and uh, he missed the cut. Rahm, of course, was a non-factor as he was drilling Tiger Woods yesterday <laughs> on Sunday. And then, Sorry, Brooksy. Yeah, then that, that Ives. Insult to injury there. Yeah, then Ives goes Justin Thomas. Great pick, yeah, right? Right. And he went with uh, Berger from Florida State, who, by the way, only shot 44 on the back nine oh, yesterday. No. Oh, no. And that was the difference. I mean, so Ives, in some respects, much like North Carolina last week, had the lead at halftime going to the back nine, and it just kind of fell apart. Very ironic that, that Berger and the Tar Heels tied together there yeah. in some Listen, shape, way, or form. How can you not be romantic about sports when, when Ives blows a second-half lead That's twice, what it was. twice in a week? He just had to get in the clubhouse. He right. wins. Right. So I think Berger might have finished last, right, among the professionals? Uh, he did. He shot 44 in the back nine yesterday. Was there no low am? I didn't see an am at Bumble Nobody made the cut. Nobody okay. made the cut. But so they uh, couldn't Austin invite Reeser, him back. No, he, he, he tied for low amateur. Yeah. But uh, none of them made the cut. But what an experience, right? Can you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Just to, just to get out there, let alone play it. But, yeah, shout out Austin Greaser. Tied for the low am. I mean, I think it's Bush League that Nance doesn't fly them back to Butler Cabin. Just for one question and answer, you know? Or at least take them to the airport. Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> Augusta International Airport. How about uh, how about no one taking the world number one who had won three tournaments in five I, weeks? I, I got to tell you, uh, 
I thought our picks again. It's it's the curveball is you got to pick an ACC player and then a non-ACC player. But the fact yeah. that none of us picked the world's number one and he just waxes the field right. is a bit disturbing. I mean, yeah. it's kind of an indictment on us a little bit, to be honest he, with you. He might have been watching and felt disrespected. You gave him bulletin board material. Could be. He was saying, you know, in fact, if I see that quote coming out of Augusta that, you know, I felt good about <laughs> my game, I turned on Packer and Durham and not one of those idiots picked me, right. well, it would be really disturbing. Right. I mean, I would buy it. I, he was feeling the heat, though, on 18 green. He looked, he looked like, like us, didn't he? I just can't yeah. get it in the hole. Right. I mean, that was bizarre. Yeah. Four putt for the win. I know. I mean, Will Zalatoris played well, though. Again. In, in the ACC. And he didn't get a whole lot of camera time, I noticed, on Sunday. We were, we were dialed in on Cam Smith and, and Scheffler. Well, we were too busy watching Tiger eat a <laughs> cheese sandwich on his way to his Learjet 25 shots out of the lead. I mean, you know, we got to make sure Tiger gets some air time. Well, they had to make sure he could make it off the course, I think. Well, it was a health incre- hazard. It was an incredible point. story to have him back, yeah. right, obviously. Right. To just but to, that golf, For anybody who's been to Augusta National, it is a hilly joint now. I mean, that's a tough have, walk. Have you been? I have, many times. But that wow. is a, that's a many tough times. walk. Many times. Many times. Many but times. I haven't been in a long time. Have you played? Uh, I can't tell you that. Oh, that's confidential. Yeah, that's confidential. <laughs> can't tell you that. If if you had played, let's say hypothetically. Well, just just give, just give how, me one. How would you have shot? I would have been all right. Because yeah. I, I, mean, I played at Clemson. I played golf at Clemson. Pretty solid. What's your handicap nowadays? Zero. You're a scratch. I've not hit a bad shot in nearly, actually 25 <laughs> years. I gave it up. Cold turkey. Smart. It's good for your mental health. Cold turkey. Yeah. I had to hit a bad shot. That's good, you know. I, I'm in the same boat. I did find a nice little course in Hartford, though. Not in the sketchy part. On the non-sketchy part of Hartford? <laughs> they have right. a, a nice links up there? They do, yeah. Keeney Park Golf Course. It's great. And I got the bug. How can you not get the bug watching the Masters? You want to pick up a club again, don't no, you? I really don't. You know really? why? You know why? Because I would look like Tiger. I mean, you'd just be you like, get, throw me a rope get me out of here. Right, right. That's why. I don't know, man. I, I was itching a little bit. It's, to get out there and play. Have you ever been? To Augusta? Yeah. You need to go. You need to find a way to get a badge and become a patron. I think you're my ticket. I mean, that's really the Not end really. goal today is get on Augusta. That's why I'm here. Hey, after the basement, it's all downhill from here, <laughs> big man. <laughs> that's right. This is cream of the crop a- right After here. the big boy down here gives you a sulfur biscuit, welcome. <laughs> yeah, you, the last thing you want to be is at Augusta. Uh, all right. By the way, real, real quick. Uh, one thing that happened over the weekend uh, that uh, was a great deal of fun. I mentioned on Friday's show that I was heading down to Clemson because uh, Dabo Sweeney, like a lot of the coaches, uh, do cool charitable events. A lot of times you get airplay, some they don't. But uh, me and Mrs. P uh, dressed up for the occasion and went on down to Clemson, South Carolina for Dabo's All-In Ball, which is just an amazing event. It was the 13th edition. And it just kind of started uh, a while ago when Dabo got together with some friends. They wanted to do some uh, charitable work to give back to the local community, and it's now evolved into this event, which on Friday night generated $1.4 million for charities in the upstate of South Carolina. And uh, John Gordon, an inspirational speaker, was there. Oh, wow. He's great. That's and they awesome. Had about 60 former players. Eric McLean, who will be back with us in the basement, he was there because mm-hmm. they're getting ready to do the spring game on Saturday. But uh, really, really a very cool event. And Dabo and his wife, Kath, and the incredible volunteer staff, do just a tremendous job. Yeah. So $1.44 million raised for local charities on Friday night. So congratulations to Dabo and Kath and the rest of the staff. That is a very, very cool event. That's awesome. And you look great, by the way. You were red carpet ready. 
I, uh, well, I have a very tiny speaking part in the event, which I've just always loved the event. I just like the idea, the concept of it, and do a couple introductions. I got to shave, shower, spit up, <laughs> and pretend it's not this show. Yeah, uh, and right. go down there. But right. anytime I can hang out with Mrs. P, it's already an upgrade. That's right. Yeah. You get a little uh, tailored suit. Look at that. That thing's fitting nicely. Yeah. Some guy said, hey, Pac, uh, how long did it take him for the take in the suit? I said, not long at all. I said, it took me a while, though, to get back into that suit, <laughs> which is a totally different deal. But uh, again, Mrs. P's looking like a million bucks. But again, yep. very, very cool event. And uh, congratulations to Dabo and Kath. And like I said, the entire staff, one point four four million dollars all of it goes back to the local charities which That's is awesome very cool but again like i said almost every school that i know of coaches do uh, incredible charitable work and yeah. uh, a lot of times it doesn't get airplane and so forth but in this particular one because i'm involved we're just sitting here shooting the breeze about it uh, right. it's very cool was it snowing i saw it was no snowing but i'll tell you what it was cold yeah I think the spring games, we're going to get into a lot of football talk today and all the, we had all these ranked versus ranked matchups, which we'll talk about. But man, the football games were freezing cold. Emac, I mean, he needed a jacket down there. Dude. I don't think he packed right. <laughs> How weird was it that it was warmer in Boston for the BC spring game than it was in Death Valley? Now, what's that tell you? Minnesota, my home, my home state, was warmer than Clemson, South Carolina for their spring game. Ugly. Not right. No, it's not right. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of things to get into. We'll take phone calls, too, if you want to any of the spring games you watch them, because we only had six for you, only six for you on Saturday. But the number is 844-SAY-ACCN. But when we come back, it was a huge weekend of ranked versus ranked, right? And we're in all kinds of different sports here. A little lacrosse, a little tennis, a little softball, a little baseball. We will break it all down for you. Drew Carter, he's filling in for West Durham. It's Packer and Durham on this beautiful Monday. And you got us right here on ACC Network. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. All right, uh, 844-SAY-ACCN. We mentioned, uh, you mentioned baseball tomorrow night with Florida, Florida State. We had a little bit of everything. We kind of previewed this on Friday's show, the ranked versus ranked matchups across multiple platforms. And we start off with softball, with Virginia Tech, number five in the country, going to number three, Florida State. Uh, and we know about the Knowles, kind of the standard, Drew, in That's this right. league. But Virginia Tech brought the heat this weekend in Tallahassee. This was a dandy, man. I could not wait for this series. Two top five teams, like you said. FSU... Kind of the flag bearer for the league, but you know this has been a big story across the country. Is the ACC is kind of a powerhouse yep. in softball now, and Virginia Tech is a big reason why. I mean, Pack they win this series, they win the first two games, and I think that Virginia Tech is in the top tier of college softball teams right now. You look at Alabama, you look at Oklahoma. I think Virginia Tech is right there. Well, they proved it this weekend. Yeah. Uh, again, they take two or three against Florida State. They put a 23 spot on them on Saturday. 23. Yeah. And we were talking, Wes and I were talking Friday about, man, these two pitchers, man. Nobody's going to get a hit. <laughs> I know, and I right? saw that score, and I just went, oh, yeah, yeah, here we go again. 23 runs Virginia Tech scores. And then yesterday, they really are in a great spot for the sweep. And then there were five illegal pitches oh, called on Virginia Tech in the bottom of the sixth inning. Both coaches get tossed from Virginia Tech. Pete D'Amore is on with us yeah, the other day. They right. toss him. Gillis, the pitching coach, they tossed him. Uh, five illegal pitches in the bottom six. Florida State rallies to win one of the games. Right. So here you go. Virginia Tech, Florida State. 
Um, Duke the defending champ. Clemson's really good. I mean, yeah. the ACC tournament will be spectacular. Yeah, Pete Demore, by the way, one of the most low key equanimous guys. Yeah. I think that's the right word. Equanimous. I like that. That you'll ever that's see. It's never been used. This is the six hundred and four show. <laughs> that word has never been used on this show. Equanimous. No, ever. I, I, I might have missed a syllable there, but. But yeah, um, so Pete Demore is super chill. I can't believe that he got tossed. Five illegal pitches in one inning. I, and again, yeah, I don't know the specifics of softball, but apparently, if both feet are off the ground, you can't throw a ball. Which I, to me, mentally, I'm thinking, well, that doesn't seem if like it, that's a good idea to if, begin with. If anything, that's more impressive. <laughs> I would think so I too. Think you, you might have to th- throw with two feet off the ground. The That'd degree of difficulty goes up. I, mean, yeah. I don't care if it's a strike or a ball, man. That's impressive. That'd That'd be that's cool. got to count. Every like third inning. You have to throw every pitch. It's a jump pitch, a jump ball. That's the new rise ball. Great win, though, for Virginia Tech. Yeah. Two or three against Florida State. That's impressive. All right, baseball. We had a top 10 matchup. Number three, Virginia, going on the road at number eight, Miami. Bring out the brooms in Coral Gables. Miami is smoking hot. 13 straight wins, Drew. Yeah, the Canes are on fire. 12 of their last 13 against the Hoos. I mean, Miami top 10 in the country. They got to move up, right? They have could be, to. They could be top five. After this performance. And Virginia's just been raking it like nobody's business. Yeah. But, man, Miami is smoking. Like I said, these two are big time. And this league is great. Yeah. And we had seven teams ranked in the top 25 as of last week. The polls have come out. But for Miami, man, you could not have scripted a better case uh, in terms of your baseball weekend. That's a big time sweep. Yeah, with the way they're swinging the bat right now, they might be able to hit Keely Rochard. Uh, maybe, 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 but th- that was strong. Uh, another baseball ranked versus ranked matchup was Louisville and North Carolina. And yesterday might have been one of the most bizarre stories yeah. uh, that I can even think of. I mean, it was crazy what yeah. happened yesterday. We had a bomb scare yesterday in Louisville. Tell me if you've heard this one before. Yeah, Louisville is is losing, right? And they call in the threat. This is the fifth inning, I yeah. believe. Yeah, there's a bomb threat at the stadium. And Carolina leads, two-hour delay. They come back, and Louisville wins in 14 innings. Yeah, they score four in the ninth. They end up winning the series. But, my goodness, you'll get to the best and the worst of the weekend later on. Yeah. Uh, But that, obviously, on the worst of the weekend. It's not every day you get the old bomb scare routine, right? Thank goodness that was all, you know, nothing to be seen here. Let's move on. But, goodness gracious. It ended up being a pretty cool day at the stadium after the two-hour delay, a 14th inning walk-off. Go figure, right? Uh, we had lacrosse. I know you did the Virginia game. We'll get into all this stuff in a second. But yeah. Virginia and Syracuse, women's lacrosse, uh, almost 3,000 fans at yeah. the Dome for this. And, again, as you know, being a Syracuse guy, this sport is a big deal, Syracuse. It is, yeah. Twenty nine oh seven, the official attendance at the Loud House. And that's a program record for a program with a lot of history. Really cool. And I thought Syracuse was pretty impressive. They, they lost Emma Tyrell earlier in the week. For my money, she's their best player. Not like I'm an expert or anything. She's not their leading scorer, but does so much. So the fact that you know they go toe-to-toe with the number one team in the country, it says here that Carolina's won 39 straight regular season it's games. Pretty good. I think their only two losses in the last two, three years have been to BC in the tournament. So for, for Syracuse to go toe-to-toe with them, it's pretty impressive when they're missing some of their best players. Jenny Levy will join us coming up around 9.30 this morning, but North Carolina's women's lacrosse program is spectacular. Just look at these numbers. 62-6 and six in the last 68 ACC games, 40-1 and one in the last 41 overall played. Yeah. Uh, but the league is, again, solid, deep, 
quality teams, but North Carolina is really, really spectacular. Uh, yeah, I think we got the best three teams in America in the ACC when you talk about Carolina, BC, and Syracuse. And shout out to Jamie Ortega. I know a lot of people like talking about Charlotte North, and rightfully, and so. rightfully so. She is dazzling. But Jamie Ortega, five goals, 31st game with at least five goals in her career. I mean, those two are going to be duking it out for the all-time scoring record. Yep, no doubt. Speaking of uh, the number two team in the country, we got them in this league too. That'd be Boston College. They defeated 18th-ranked Notre Dame 16 to 10. And speaking of Charlotte North, this is what she does: score, score, score. She's unbelievable. She's just phenomenal, and she's the kind of transcendent player who really changes the game. You know. Young girls watching Charlotte North want to play like she does. She's the Steph Curry of women's lacrosse, and it's amazing to watch. You know, we feel really lucky to just be able to watch her and and have her in the ACC. Um, If BC and Carolina end up meeting again in the national championship, which kind of feels like they're on a collision course, get your popcorn ready. You know, she's the type of player, I've said this before, that if you don't know anything about lacrosse, you're just channel surfing, you come, come across ACC Network, and BC's playing. Just put the remote down for a second because you're right. going to see something you've never seen. It, literally, every game, she does something you go, well, where'd she come up with that one? Right. It's amazing what she does. Yeah. The reason I'm so tired this morning, I was watching her highlight tapes late last night. I'm, I'm serious. You know, I, I, why watch like Yellowstone on Peacock when you can go on YouTube <laughs> and just watch Charlotte North play lacrosse? She is spectacular. And Jamie Ortega, Charlotte North, I mean, to have those two in the ACC, we're lucky, man. Yeah, one and one eight, there's no doubt. Uh, men's lacrosse, uh, number 13, Notre Dame, number, uh, I don't know what Duke was, 16, whatever they were, 15th ranked Duke, uh, showdown, right? We have a ton of these in men's and women's lacrosse. And the Irish, I know we had Paul Carcaterra on last week. He, he loves the Irish. likes Notre Dame because oh, yeah. he thinks they can score. They're a dark horse, man. The Notre Dame played a beast of a schedule to start the year. They were 500 coming into this game, I think. But that team is as dangerous as any. When you got the Kavanaugh's, Pat Kavanaugh with seven points, three goals, four assists. The Irish never trailed in this one. So it's a one-goal win, but they kind of controlled it wire to wire. I know Quint Kesnick, we love him. He says that two ACC teams are going to make the NCAA tournament field. I'm with Kark, man. If, if there are only two teams in the NCAA tournament, I will be stunned. We just did this with basketball. As you read my mind. We That's just exactly did this. Right. You I, cannot count the ACC out. It is basketball on steroids how much better the ACC is than everyone else. I would tend to agree with that. Uh, but Notre Dame, after a slow start, they've won now three of the last four in the league. Yep. They are a dangerous, dangerous team. Now, you did Virginia, right? Yes. And again, this is another matchup. Virginia, North Carolina hooked up. Rank, again, these are all ranked versus ranked matchups from the weekend. Uh, we'll have Lars Tiffany coming on the show around 8.30 this morning. So what would you see? What'd you like? Well, I'm going to ask Lars why he didn't want to give us a more entertaining game to call, why his defense was so good. You see Carolina with four goals, their fewest under Joe Bresci. I mean, they just couldn't really get anything going. We were talking about, I was talking with Ives about this yesterday. Carolina's just too young, and Chris Gray doesn't have any help. They have four goals. He scored three of them and assisted on the other one. He probably should have had about five assists with some of the feeds he was making. He's going to be the all-time points record holder in D1 by the time he finishes his career. But he just doesn't have any help at UNC. And credit to Virginia, too. I mean, they're spectacular, too. Here's the thing, too, about the Hoops. Uh, the unfortunate, unexpected loss to Richmond, right? Unranked yeah. Richmond. you got to figure. I know they've been beat up and banged up a little right. bit. Not everybody's 100%. But you got to figure that loss was a wake-up call for a team as talented as Virginia. Right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, because their only loss was to Maryland. It kind of felt like those two teams were separating themselves. I mean, Georgetown will probably have something to say about that. Princeton, too. But 
I think you're right. A bit of a wake-up call. They had never lost to Richmond. I think they had won like 73 straight against other teams from the Commonwealth. They hadn't lost in like 50 years to a team from Virginia. And when you've gone back-to-back natties, you know, the last thing you want is some pesky spider guy telling you, hey, scoreboard, please get get lost, will you? Right, right. They were in the cobweb, though. They (laughs) they got bitten. Of course. Yeah. How could we forget? But again, Virginia, Lars Tiffany, one of our favorites, coming on the show this morning at 8.30, and Jenny Levy, North Carolina women's lacrosse coach on at 9.30. So we'll give you a dose of lacrosse with all that stuff. But we're not done with ranked versus ranked. How about a little tennis? Tennis, anyone? We had a little Virginia NC State, the Hoosier ranked 14th in the country, NC State number three. And lo and behold, Wahoo Wah takes care of business. Yeah, that's a big-time upset, number 14, Virginia over number three, NC State. They dropped the doubles point. Doesn't matter. They come back, win the singles. I mean, that's clutch performance right there. Now, the NC, NC State Wolfpack have now lost three of their last four matches. Again, don't ask me about rankings. I don't know how that, I don't know how that whole ranking – I always make fun of the AP voters yeah. during the football and the basketball season. I have no earthly idea. We just came out with the Pac-Man top ten crew rankings <laughs> since they don't have really rankings for that, so we decided to do rowing rankings yeah. on Friday. But uh, I don't know how that works, but congratulations to Virginia. On that front, so pretty I miss, good weekend. I, I missed that segment with the top ten and rowing. Yeah, Virginia's number one. Virginia's one. Okay. Yeah, anytime the Hoosier in the water, they're one. Whether it be swimming, diving, rowing, yeah. they're one. I've so always said that. Yeah, that works. That's Just right. a rule of thumb. That makes sense, right? Where, where was Syracuse in the top ten, by the way? I, well, they're in, in my rankings. Yeah. I had Cuse like uh, I think three. Okay. You you good with that? We'll take that. We'll take that. That's okay. Ives says you can't row on ice. I'll have you know, Brian Ives, Onondaga Lake is not frozen over right now. It's beautiful. Lake Hartwell might be down in Clemson. I'm telling you, it was <laughs> cold there Friday and Saturday. Uh, when we come back, we're talking football, spring football. If you dialed in the ACC network over the weekend, we had six football games for you. Six. We're going to break them all down for you. Spring games coming up next. Packer and Durham, Drew Carter filling in for Wes. Guys right here on the ACC network. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. Minus Durham today. Drew Carter makes his debut. So far, so good. The dogs have approved. Numbers 844-SAY-ACCN. I don't know if the dogs approved because Chester was just uh, Chester's me down good. over no, He's just keeping an eye on you now. He's Someone back up, sure. though. We woke him up. He was no. really fired up to talk about that Virginia tennis upset. He uh, he thought there may be a Haley Van Lith mention, so he, yeah. he perked up again. But he'll go down for the counter in a second. And <laughs> there he goes. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm the commissioner's yeah, chair. Life's good. So are humans allowed on that chair no. or is it just no, dogs? That's, uh, it's the Roger Goodell chair with okay. the Commissioner Phillips rug. He, del- he delivered that blanket and Chester loves it. So they're good to go. I don't just leave him be. He's yeah. good. That He's makes good. sense. I buy that. You needed a good couch or a chair this weekend if you love football because we That's had a professional six. Right here almost all week. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, six games we had for you. Uh, we're going to give you a little bit of everything. Again, Eric McLean will be hanging out with us for about a half an hour. He'll be here in the basement. We'll go in a deeper dive. But let's lead off in balmy Boston. Since it was freezing cold down here in the Carolinas, right. we'll go where it's warm up in Boston. Uh, I like what Jeff Halfley's doing. Now, granted, I, I will just say on the surface – you can't go too crazy on spring games. Yeah. I, I don't think you t- really learn a, a lot. I mean, you just kind of hope guys get through it without getting hurt. Yeah. But the Tashi Johnson had a nice day, about six foot three, kid from Georgia. 
Uh, boy, you tie him in with Zay Flowers. That's a good combination. Yeah. I like where Jeff Halfley's taking BC. Yeah, it's a heck of a one-two punch for Phil Dracovic, who, who is back. Uh, you said it was balmy. It was raining, I think. I saw Kelsey Riggs was down on the field with a jacket and a hat. It's all right. Yeah, I'm looking for some of that ACC Network swag. If our, if our bosses in Bristol are watching, I'd like to get some swag. Well, I can assure you it doesn't come here. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm like, looking around this basement. No, we got cool stuff, yeah. right? But that's not because of the uh, executives. Now, if you're right. looking for swag, we got <laughs> zero down here. We, we've been, we got one coaster left. This is the last. This is, we have one coaster, and we have can no I, more mugs. Can I see that, by the way, actually? See, I mean, you're well, on I an ACC Network mug. We yeah. don't have any Packer and Durham mugs. No coaster, though, so Mrs. P is going to kick me out here go. pretty soon. Use this one. Uh, but Boston College, I mean, getting back to business here. BC, you got to be excited if, like you're, if you're an Eagles fan. I mean, when you bring your quarterback back, that's a pretty good place to start. I think that's... That's kind of the big deal with spring games is just don't let your quarterback get injured, right. and it's a win. Right? right, exactly right. But, you know, I know Jeff Halfley talked about it. We want to be able to run the football. They always traditionally yeah. have great offensive linemen. Uh, we'll give you the best and worst of the weekend coming up, and you will see a big boy touchdown and yeah. celebration that makes the list this week. I don't know if Mac Lane has anything else to talk about. It might just be straight 30 minutes of the offensive lineman touchdown. That was nice, though. I yeah. like that move. For a spring game? I'm all for that. That's good. All yeah, for that. I'm into that. All right, let's go down to a freezing cold Clemson, South Carolina. It was freezing Friday night for the all-in ball. And it wasn't much better Saturday. But, man, if you like defense, boy, these guys are loaded. Yeah. Look out, DJU. It might be a spring game. Thank goodness he's wearing that purple jersey because, what, they have 13 sacks? 13 sacks. As a team. Uh, K.J. Henry leads the way with three and a half sacks. I mean, I didn't even know they kept stats for spring games, but that's got to be, like, a record. The question for Clemson, though, for 22 is going to be quarterback, right? Right. I mean, you just know D.J. Uyunglele. And, of course, you got Cade Klubnick. Get ready for that name, folks. Cade Klubnick. There are a lot of folks buzzing about that, even Friday night prior to the game Saturday. Uh, the freshman from Texas, there will be a battle at quarterback. I know Dabble afterwards today, DJ's our guy. He's going to be our starter moving into the summer. Uh, but that's going to be a competition. Yeah, I mean, it takes me back to a few years ago when a young man by the name of Trevor Lawrence right. showed up in Clemson and Kelly, Kelly Bryant, Bryant was a starter. I, I think Dabble was probably saying the same stuff leading into the season that, that Kelly is our starter. And uh, we all know what happened there. I mean, not to say, like, we know anything. I promise you, I'm, I'm the farthest thing from plugged in to the Clemson program. I know nothing, which is a common theme for me on the show here. But I don't know. It seems like Klubnik is the real deal. Uh, he's certainly the future, in yeah. my opinion. But we'll see where that goes. But that is worth keeping an eye on. They had a ton of guys unavailable for their spring game. They had 20 scholarship players out. A lot of them on the offensive side, playmakers, running backs, wide receivers, etc. But the defense is no joke. Uh, and I think right. the thing that's going to be surprising to a lot of folks, uh, you'll lose guys like Skalski, who's been in for 100 years. I think their linebacker core will be bigger, faster, stronger than maybe they've had in a long, long time. It is a scary yeah. defensive front. Their secondary is going to be outstanding. That will be a great defensive unit. Yeah, you were saying during the break you think it might be their best defense in, in years, right? And that includes 18 that you know, they ran the table and obliterated everything in their wake. Yeah. I think they're going to be spectacular. But offensively, can they answer the question right. of quarterback? That's going to be the million-dollar question at Clemson. Well, I mean, if you think about last year, if if you give them – I mean, you don't want to you know hate on DJU too much, but if you give them like an above-average quarterback or someone you would expect from a program like Clemson, I mean, 
they could beat Georgia, and who knows? Well, they won that. 10 games with right. a truly anemic offense. Yeah, they, they won their so last six. so much pressure on their defense to say, hey, you just got to right. hold them to 13, and we'll try to figure it out. But yeah. If they could score 30 a game, they're not going to lose a game. They're going to be really dangerous. And I think Clemson probably hears all the talk about you know the ACC being wide open now after last year, and they want to make that a one-year thing. I think they'll enjoy that conversation. I think, so. I think they'll like what they hear from NC State and Wake Forest and everybody yeah. else. But we'll see where it goes. But uh, I thought defensively, they're going to be spectacular. Uh, North Carolina, speaking of quarterback battles, Mac Brown's got one. I thought both QBs played okay. Again, it's a spring game. You can't go too crazy with all that stuff. But, Drew, while everybody's talking about the quarterbacks, I think looking forward to 22, I want to see what Gene Chizik does on the defensive side. Right. Yeah, I mean, whoever wins the quarterback job is going to have fun throwing to Josh Downs. You see four catches, 95, and two tuds for Carolina in the spring game. Probably the most aesthetically pleasing spring game you'll ever see with all that Carolina blue and the blue against white. But, yeah, in terms of the on-field product, I'm with you, Pac. I mean, what Gene Chizik dials up after, after a few years doing what we do in this business as an analyst over on SEC Network, what's he got to dial up on defense? I mean, they, they had so much hype last year. I think, you know, talking about preseason hype, I think Clemson probably, like we said, enjoys that there are some other people at the table now and all the pressure isn't on them. Carolina probably likes that too because, what, they were ranked top 10 last year? Preseason top 10 end up 6-7. Uh, yeah. And Mac Brown, first one to admit, hey, you know what, that's not good enough. we got to get mm-hmm. better. And they do. They need to get better defensively. you got to tackle the man with the football, right? I've heard that's important. That certainly comes down to play. I mean, you got to at some point in time be able to get off the field, and they were not very good in that department last year. But I think the quarterback thing will – I think they got two guys who can both play. Right. I think that will work itself out one way or the other. To me, North Carolina's success in 22 will be dependent on how much better is the defensive side. They've recruited well. They've got dudes. Now, can they figure it out, right? Yeah. That's going to be the key. I mean, they were the reverse Clemson last year, right? right. They had a great quarterback, and the defense couldn't really right. produce when they needed to. Hal was so good last year, and I don't know, we'll see. I mean, if, if their offense is anything near what it, what it was under Hal, and like you said, the defense improves a lot, they're scary too. I mean, this it, it's spring. Everyone is scary. Everyone's dangerous. Everyone's undefeated at this point. Everybody's optimistic, including yeah. the folks in Tallahassee. And I tell you now, Jordan Travis could be the quarterback. Guy can run, can throw. He's got experience. He was talking after the game about, hey, this could be the best offense you've seen in a long, long time at Florida State. And this Trey Benson, the transfer from Oregon, man, he looked good. Yeah. He goes for 77. And, you know, Mike Norvell, I thought their team really played well in the second half of the season where it could have gone south in a hurry. That's right. They showed a ton of fight. And even in games, they didn't win. You think about that Notre Dame game earlier in the season. That was an encouraging game for Florida State. This guy, Trey Benson, though, I mean, six carries for 22 yards in his career at Oregon. He does that in the spring game here, plus a little bit extra. That's got to be exciting for FSU fans. Because last year, your leading rusher is your quarterback. Right. You could use some production from the running back position. Well, I, uh, I keep putting Boston College and Louisville and Florida State together in the Atlantic. Like, yeah, similar I, colors, for sure. I mean, not only that, but they're yeah. similar in the sense of, hey, if the upside for all of them is pretty good. Right. Now, the question is, can they get there, right? Wake's going to be really good. NC State's going to be really good. Clemson's going to be really good. I keep t- talking about this. I think the Atlantic Division, it's not going to get any play by the nation, right? right? The national media will just completely fall asleep on the ACC. But I still think the Atlantic Division is going to be one of the best-kept stories of college football in 22. I think the division's going to be outstanding. Yeah. I think you mentioned everyone but Syracuse there, right? But your boys are working, man. Uh, the Orange, yeah. I did that spring game, and uh, it's old news. By now we had six yeah, games right. over the weekend. But 
you know what? They looked good in their spring game. Dino, I know Dino was upbeat. He was. He was. I mean, he was. He doesn't love doing, you know, during during the game interviews um, at halftime, but he was fun with Jalen Johnson. He gave us some good stuff. They've got a new offense up in CNY. Just don't sleep the on pom-poms the pom-poms. He's getting Drew. Hey, you, you can pull the pom poms out now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of one group that is fired up, those are the folks in Raleigh. Uh, again, cold in the Carolinas yeah. this weekend. But I tell you, it wasn't cold. Devin Leary, he was throwing it all over the yard. 355. He was great last year, smart with the football. NC State's got a lot of boxes checked, and there will be a ton of hype coming to NC State Wolfpack Nation this year. Well, I mean, they're the UNC of this season. Hopefully for for Pack fans, it goes a little bit differently than it did for Carolina, but Devin Leary, I mean, last year he he broke Phillip Rivers' single-season passing touchdown record. I don't know if Philly Riv ever threw for 350-plus and three touchdowns in a spring game, but that might be another record for Leary. I mean, this guy, he doesn't get all the hype and the buzz that some of the other dudes in the ACC did last year, but Kenny Pickett is gone. I think that Devin Leary might be the best QB in the ACC this season. I don't think that's a crazy thought. Yeah. Even though there may be a guy down at Miami that's going, <clears throat> excuse me? Yeah. You see me throw out the first pitch of the baseball game? With <laughs> excuse me? Uh, I think if you're an NC State fan, you are almost giddy. Seriously. Yeah, you got to be. You got all these guys back on the defensive side that said, hey, you know what? I've enjoyed playing for Dave Dorn. I like the culture we're building. Let's come back and finish this thing. NC State is going to be the real deal. So Bill Connolly, who crunches the numbers at ESPN.com, he does those nerdy college football stats. He did the returning production article, and NC State was the headline photo. Their defense, I think they bring back, what, 100% of their production? Feels that way. Defensively, and they were pretty good last year. So NC State is scary, man, but... You know, expectations are one thing, but actually doing it is something else. So well, we'll Dave Dorn will talk about that later. We've got conference cuts later in the show you'll hear from all these guys. Uh, the defending ACC football champions, that'd be the Pitt Panthers, had their uh, spring game up there in beautiful Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, the question's going to be, all right, who replaces Kenny Pickett? Right. I think everyone just kind of assumes that it is going to be Keaton Slovis, but that's not a done deal by any means. Now, the thing with Pittsburgh, too, is – Pickett is the question mark, and that's the headliner in the spring, but they bring back eight starters on offense. Yep. You know, if, if you can plug that hole at quarterback, which is a tall task because, you know, Pickett's one of the best to ever do it at Pittsburgh. I mean, they've got a lot of returning production on that offensive line and at skill positions. Daniel Carter, you see, with a couple of touchdowns. Pittsburgh should be feeling pretty good, too, because we know Slovis is super talented. If he wins that job, their ceiling is through the roof. The ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan once said. You know, uh, the other thing, Drew, while Pitt wins the ACC championship, there'll be the question of quarterback, right? Even though we had Pat Narduzzi on the other day, and he had a little twinkle in his eye like he goes, i got some guys that can still sling it now. Don't think that, yeah. you know, we're going to miss Kenny's experience, obviously. Right. But I don't think he's too concerned at quarterback. I really don't. And here's the other thing. I don't think people are going to talk about Pittsburgh in terms of defending the championship. I think Miami is going to get all the hype in the world mm-hmm. in the Coastal, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that helps Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah, it's Miami. It's sexy. It's new coach. It's, right. You don't want to you don't want to Heisman quarterback. You want to pick a repeat champion. That's not that fun. I mean, that'd be like picking Brooks Kepkin, John Rahman, a Masters pool. <laughs> that's that's not fun. You know? You've got to go off the board a little bit. Uh I just think Pitt's waiting I don't think they're waiting in the weeds. And I think yeah. I, I, personally, I think Pat Narduzzi loves it. 
you know, he's got a lot of guys back. I think he's comfortable in what he has at quarterback. Miami's going to get a ton of hype in the Coastal. Uh, I just think that's exactly that. I think they will be completely comfortable in that position. Right. They might have a little more balance offensively, too. We showed you Carter with 75 yards and a couple of rushing touchdowns. Last year, it was basically all Pickett. It was the Kenny Pickett show, and rightfully so. I mean, when you've got a quarterback that good, you want to air it out. But maybe the Panthers have more balance this year, and maybe they repeat, Pack. I like that call. We'll see where it goes. We'll talk about it. When we come back, I had a chance to be with him Friday night at his event, Dabo's All-In Ball. Uh, but Dabo wasn't done. You give the man a microphone, he'll tell you about it now. He'll tell you exactly how he feels. We'll talk about Dabo Swinney. Topics include transfer portal, NIL, and other stuff. All that coming up next right here. ACC Network, Packer Nurm, Drew Carter filling in for Wes. Packer and Durham. Packer and Durham. It is a Monday. Hope everybody had a good weekend. 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. Uh, I mentioned uh, Friday being down in Clemson for Dabo's All-In Ball. Uh, Dabo uh, had a few comments uh, to Chris Lowe, which, again, you can read about. And anytime Dabo talks about anything, uh, it normally draws yeah. some kind of reaction, good, bad, or indifferent. Right? We should do a weekly segment called Dabo Had a Few Comments. Yeah, and people just lose their mind one way yeah. or the other. Um He's been pretty consistent, in my opinion, on all of this stuff. And I've had a chance to interview him a gazillion times, whether it be name, image, and likeness, whether it be the transfer portal, where we are in college football, big picture. Um, And the one question he was asked, one of many, was, has your stance on using the transfer portal changed? And here's what he had to say. Uh, Now, granted, Clemson's always done a pretty good job in the recruiting situation. But in this day and age, you better be able to have the flexibility to – plug some spots up and you can certainly do it overnight in the transfer portal right and so so Dabo says the transfer portal is right there in that locker room basically the gist of this comment is he doesn't really believe in using the portal that much and you know I get it Dabo's an old school guy and I see what he's saying here but for me you can say whatever you want about the transfer portal and believing in your guys actions speak louder than words We're going to talk about the NIL stuff in a minute here. That's just talking. This is a real story to me, the transfer portal thing, because if he's serious about not wanting to bring in transfers, he's falling behind, man. I'm sorry. I mean, that's the new day and age. He was talking about in the spring game, they were a little bit thin. That's why they didn't return kicks and punts. Now, nobody does that in the spring game, but he mentioned that. We're thin at returning kicks and punts. They had two guys kick off and they only played one live. Because they don't have that much depth. I think it kind of bit them last year. I mean, listen, they do a great job recruiting in the first place. But you're Clemson. Take advantage of the portal. Guys want to go there. It's not going to be snowing in April every year. I promise. <laughs> if you're if you're Dabo, why not dip your toes in the transfer portal and, and let the best guys come in and compete for the job? I feel like Dabo's a big competition guy. Now you've got more dudes who can come in and compete. You're, it's not an indictment of the guys in the locker room to say, hey, we're going to bring in someone just to see what we've got, just to give them a chance. You can still win the job. So I actually think it would be a compliment to the players on the roster if he brought in transfers and said, hey, I think you're going to beat this guy out anyway. So if I'm Dabo, I'm using the portal. I know it, I've never won anything, and Dabo's won a couple national championships and is one of the best coaches ever. 
But with the transfer portal era, I think you got to use it. I think you got to have the flexibility that if in case you could still stay to your core and say, listen, I'm all about culture. And he really is. It's all about that locker room to him, the quality of the character, the kid. I mean, that's part of the, their charm and their success. But I think in this day and age, you got to have the flexibility to say, hey, you know what? I need help here. Maybe you whiffed on a recruit. Maybe, hey, we thought we hit home runs on these guys. Nobody's developed yet. But, man, there's a guy at School X that wants to come. you got to have the ability. I mean, if it works for Nick Saban, who's right. had more success than anybody on the planet Earth in college football, and he could pick and choose. He doesn't have to have a lot. But this guy, this guy, this guy works for what we do. We've done our due diligence. He meets the characteristic traits that we want on our program. You should have the ability to do that. I think the, the most successful people, whether it be business, broadcasting, coaches, you name it, have the ability to adapt. Exactly. And if, you're not, if you don't adapt, you normally find yourself in a tough spot. And that's true regardless of what you do for a living. Right. And I think if you go back, I already mentioned Trevor Lawrence once, but if you go back a few years, I bet Dabo would have said he's not going to start a freshman quarterback. Right. But then Trevor Lawrence shows up and you start him because it just makes sense. Well, if you've got guys who want to come to play for Clemson in the transfer portal who can make you better, it just makes sense to add them and you can fold them into the culture. I don't think one guy is going to sink your ship, you know, especially, you know, also in the transfer portal, too. You don't have to take everyone. (laughs) Right. right. You can you can do the same thing you did recruiting high school guys and find dudes who are going to fit your culture. So. I'd be pretty surprised if he doesn't take advantage of the portal because Dabo's no dummy. Now, he can say all he wants about the transfer portal, but like I said, actions speak louder than words. So we'll see what he actually does. He also was asked about name, image, and likeness. And uh, this is a hot-button topic for everybody. I mean, we're right now just kind of going into a dark closet with no rules or regulations. But he was asked about that, and he talked about it from a recruiting standpoint. Now, I've had a chance to interview a bunch on this topic, and he's been – unbelievably consistent in his answer. And he truly believes that education is getting completely lost in the world of name, image, and likeness. That kids are just out for the cash and are not thinking big picture. Yeah. And I, he, to his credit, Clemson is doing some stuff to add some regulation with the RAIN program. It's one of the first of its kind. It's to help college kids navigate this NIL business. I saw Will Shipley recently signed up to do some charity work with a, a local foundation in the Clemson area. And, you know, Dabo, again, to his credit, he says he loves the fact that these guys can go make some money on their name, image, and likeness. I think his words sort of got spun out of context on on the old Bird app, which totally. tends to happen a lot. Right. Dabo isn't against NIL. I think he's for regulation. But anytime Dabo opens his mouth, it's going to be controversy because it's Davo. Just the way it works. And by the way, uh, for the record, Clemson is one of 22 schools paying players, uh, allowing bonuses for academic performance. So it's not as if the institution is against players making any kind of coin. In fact, it could not be any further from the truth from that perspective. Uh, They're one of the few that are actually giving the academic bonus routine. And they've done, I think the one thing I've said this before, I said this now as an alum, not as a broadcaster, the thing that impresses me most about Dabo's program, it's not the national championships or 11 straight years of 10 more. All that's fine and great and wonderful, but their kids graduate. Yeah. I mean, they have done a phenomenal job of, guess what? Guys are starting defensive end or maybe it's a third string tight end. He walks across the stage, gets his diploma from President Clements and has a degree. That's what the object is. I mean, 98% of everybody that shows up on a campus 
You're not going to go to the NFL or Major League Baseball or the WNBA or whatever the case may be. You better get that degree when you get on campus. Right. And maybe that is why Dabo's hesitant with the transfer portal because of that culture we're talking about and the fact that those guys graduate. But again, it's adapt or die in college football. And they're doing it with the rain program at Clemson. I mean, you can get guys who want to go there just to be part of the program. It's a nice little cherry on top when you can say, hey, we're one of the most, what, five, ten most recognizable brands in the sport. You can make a lot of money playing here. So, again, Dabo, with the words, it's one thing saying, and the quote that got passed around was, what, it's it's a wasteland and it's out of control. But the core of the issue is Dabo says it's good. We just need a little bit of regulation, which I think we can all agree with because it is kind of a, a wild, wild west out there and no one really understands what's happening with NIL. Well, the NCAA did such a lousy job getting in front. They knew it was coming. Yeah. They knew the train was coming, and they just never got in front of it. And now everybody's playing catch-up, and you know, Mark Emmert's idea is, well, Congress will straighten it out for us. Well, that, that's already a bad sign. If, when, when that becomes plan B, that's a problem. You had to get in front of this, and guess what? There were some schools, to their credit, who I thought got in front of this and said, hey, guess what? We're going to get our combination of boosters together and figure this thing out. And I think you're seeing certain schools really max out from a recruiting perspective. And that was never the intention of name, image, and likeness. And I think that's kind of where Dabo's going from. Yeah, and that's where it becomes dangerous because you don't want it to turn into pure free agency where guys just go where they can make the most money. Right. That being said, you might be able to make the most money at Clemson. So I think that's one of the reasons they instituted that that rain program. But last thing on this for me is, again— Twitter, it can kind of warp what's being said. I saw someone say, you know, Dabo needs to stay consistent with the free market because he was asked in this piece on ESPN about coaches making, you know, $10 million a year, basically. And it seemed like there was a little lack of consistency with Dabo making $10 million and saying he doesn't want players to get paid, which again, it's not what he said necessarily, just wants regulation. But I just think that, that for Dabo, he believes in the free market here, when it's whether it's coaches or players. He just wants a little bit of regulation and a little bit of an answer from the NCAA about how this all works. Because, like you said, the one thing we can agree on is that the NCAA didn't do a great job with this. Well, here's the other thing. I, I've been harping and beating this drum for six, seven years. I think eventually we're going to have about 40 or 50 teams play college football. Big time. Now, there'll yeah. be others that play it. But I'm talking about the level that we're talking about consistently. And he mentioned that the other day, too, to Chris Lowe. And I'm like, I think he's 100% right. I think that's eventually where we're going to get to. Kind of scary. There's a little secession happening from the NCAA? I just think that eventually what works at Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State and Georgia and Oklahoma doesn't necessarily work at Middle Tennessee, Davidson, and Roast Beef A&M. I just don't. <laughs> I mean, why would those rules even be the same? They're not even playing the same game. Right. Totally different. Yeah. Totally I- different universe. Cincinnati did make the playoff this year, but they're basically a Power 5 school anyway. They're going to the Big 12. 12. Yeah. I mean, you know, and they've made a commitment to be a factor. I mean, they just gave their coach a $5 million deal. I mean, for every one of those, I'll give you 75. They go, well, my coach is making 250000 Not that there's anything wrong with that, but when you start comparing it to, you know, Dabo making $9, 10000000 million, Saban making 9 or $10 million, it's a different universe, man. They're yeah. played by a different set of rules. Yeah, and for the record, I think that'd be good for everyone involved if 
if you're not playing the same sport already, you might as well create separate divisions. They can't all make Drew Carter money. I'm just telling you that right now. Uh, we come back best and worst of the weekend. Leads off hour number two. It's Packer and Durham right here on ACC Network. Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371.